There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another, I guess it's a special episode. We'll call it a Thanksgiving episode of the standard. This The standard is the standard. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me, as always, out on the West Coast, Lance Williams. Lance, do you know what today is? It's not the day, but it's not just the day before Thanksgiving. Today is the biggest partying day of the entire calendar year. Were you aware of that? And if so, what are you going to be doing this evening as you party? As you well know, listeners, I have a bad foot, so I may be hobbling to the kitchen to get a cocktail. (laughs) That's the extent of my partying. But I did not know that this was the biggest party day of the year. Typically, it's a travel day. I mean, I've spent this day traveling, being stuck in multiple airports across the country and losing my luggage. So, it is a big travel day. I, I travel, you- yeah. I traveled myself, as you can see. The surroundings behind me, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, um, have changed. But uh, yeah, I, I think people get in and they just want to go and get, I guess, hammered, drunk, and so they go find a, the nearest bar and uh, get get ready for dealing with family all day on Thursday. But we'll get to that. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a lot to get to as well. Uh, the Steelers are preparing for the Green Bay Packers, almost like a little mini buy, but of course. There's drama involved. Marcus Gilbert was suspended four games for violating the NFL's PED, Performance Enhancing Drug Policy. We're going to talk about that, but I know, Lance, you want to get you want to talk a little bit about the Titans game before we get to the Green Bay game, so why don't you go ahead and start with that? I thought the Titans game offensively was probably about the best game that they played, but we've talked a lot probably at nauseum about their offense and some of their biggest issues, namely the red zone and namely on third down. And because they're such an explosive offense, it is really true that they left a lot on the field, so to speak, even though they scored 40 points. They were still, I believe, three of seven in the red zone. And I think they converted definitely under 40%, maybe around three of 13, three of 12, somewhere around there on third down conversions. And so while it was a very positive game and probably their best game of the season, you can still see that there's a lot of work still to be done with that offense, and they definitely have room to improve. Absolutely. At Mike Tomlin's Tuesday press conference, he talked about how he felt that the Steelers' offense could be better, and I wrote an article about that that ran today. Just think about the scenario here. And this goes back to the Titans game. So the first opening drive, the Steelers go no huddle. They go down the field, touchdown Antonio Brown, 7-0. The next possession, Mike Hilton interception, turns into a Chris Boswell field goal, 10-0. Another interception gets turned into another field goal, and now it's 13 to nothing. I believe it was maybe 13-7 at that point, but still, my point is, is that if they just convert one of those interceptions to touchdowns and not field goals, that game is totally different. I mean, you could have put up 21 points before the second quarter. That's a tall task for any team, let alone a team that wants to run the football like the Tennessee Titans. They need to start taking advantage of their opportunities. They did in the second half, but 
let's be honest, to be a team that wants to win a Super Bowl, you have to do that for four quarters. Just ask the Atlanta Falcons. They'll tell you that firsthand that you have to take care of business when it's uh, presented to you. So I see what you're saying. There's plenty of room to improve. But again, it all comes down to two areas, in my opinion, third down and red zone. And if they can just, let's just get to 500. Like you said, they were below 500 again in both of those areas. That's not good enough. Um, is there anything that you noticed in the game on Thursday night that you saw like red flags or anything of that nature, offense or defense is concerning or really, really good? Defensively, the one red flag that I'm starting to see is they're starting to give up big plays in the passing game consistently. And while I don't think it's a terrible issue, it, 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 it is starting to crop up consistently. And, they're not giving up multiple big plays in the passing game where it, it feels like it's a, the dam is breaking and guys are just throwing it and winging it down the field against them consistently. But we're talking about if you want to unseat the New England Patriots, and we'll talk about the whole fixation with the New England Patriots at the end of the program. In the words of Morris Day in the time, Purple Rain, I'm talking about perfection. We want perfection. And some of that stuff has to get cleaned up. You know, yeah. that, you know, them getting hit with that big play, first play to start the third quarter. I mean, that has to get cleaned up. The two plays in the previous week against the Colts, that stuff has to get cleaned up, particularly when you have an offense that has the issues that this offense has. So that's that's the only thing that cropped up for me. Yeah, no, perfection this is perfection is what should be attainable. I think it should be noted that they are showing improvement. Um it's still there are lulls in production from both the offense and the defense, whether it's tackling, poor angles, big plays, or lack of third down conversions or red zone opportunities. Um we're we're, we're seeing improvement, but it's just not good enough yet. So that was Thursday night. Now we go to Sunday night. I was shocked that this game didn't get flexed out of primetime, but nonetheless, I understand it. Packers, pa Packers, Steelers in Pittsburgh, they're honoring their ring of honor, whatever the hell they call it, um, on Sunday night. I can tell why they kept it on Sunday night football. Um, Lance, what are your opening thoughts on the game coming up? This is the type of game where if you're not a focused football team, that this can become a very close game. You look at the Packers, you look at the fact that they're starting a backup quarterback in Brett Huntley, you look at the fact that they're struggling on offense, and this is a game that you can overlook. Hopefully this is a game that they will not overlook and one in which Mike Tomlin keeps them singularly focused on the task, and that's being the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, the Green Bay Packers are banged up. They're bang, banged up group. We'll, we'll, I'll get into the injury report here in a second, but I agree with what you said. Um, the, the Steelers are a team that has shown this season even, even though they've won those football games, that at times they are very distracted. They are not necessarily mentally prepared. Um, they seem like they are plain and simply look, thinking about something else. Uh, so regardless, uh, it's going to be – it's going to be a game that obviously the Steelers should win, but this is 
one of those games and until they win these games consistently people are always going to bring up those those duds those losing against really bad teams so but let me get into the injury report right now lance i hope you don't mind let's get into it uh the pittsburgh steelers say the wednesday practice that's when we're recording the show on wednesday in case you are listening on a later or watching at a later date and on Wednesday, Joe Hayden did not practice. He is out for the game. That was announced on Tuesday by Mike Tomlin. He uh, still has that broken fibula. However, he is working his way back. I uh, posted an article earlier this week. He uh, was on a stationary bike, so that's good news. Looks like he'll be back uh, maybe in the regular season. We'll see. Vance McDonald with his ankle injury did not participate. Kind of surprising, um, but maybe erring on the side of caution. But the biggest injury for the Steelers is that Juju Smith-Schuster, who uh, announced had a hamstring injury on Tuesday at that press conference for Mike Tomlin, he did not practice. And Tomlin did specify that as a rookie, you need to practice to play. So we'll be interested to see if uh, Juju Smith-Schuster practices Thursday and Friday to get onto the field on Sunday night. Full participants for the Steelers safety. Mike Mitchell seems to be over his ankle injury and James Harrison was a full participant after his back injury. So good news for them to post possibly be on the football field for green Bay. A very lengthy list did not participate. Kenny Clark with an ankle as a defensive tackle. I think he has already been basically ruled out of the game, uh, but we'll see Aaron Jones with a knee clay Matthews with a groin. That's going to be an injury to watch Ty Montgomery. And another one these guys are banged up at the running back position. Montgomery did not practice with the ribs and guard Patrick Lucas with a hand. Uh, there's a bunch of others limited and full participants. You can check it out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com uh, for the full list. But I'll tell you what, that's a it's a, it's a big some big names on Green Bay's injury report that did not participate that will be worth watching on Thursday and Friday. And that doesn't mention the fact that obviously their Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback, is not going to be playing in this game Sunday. He may not even play the rest of the year. We'll see. But when the Steelers go against him, he won't be there. So injuries, I think you look at Vance McDonald and Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers. You look at a long list headlined by Clay Matthews for the Packers. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give us your defensive keys first there, Lance? I think when you look at this game, my simple rhyme for this game is if the Steelers want to end this quick, the quarterback must get hit. It's very simple. You have to choke off the running game and put the game in the rookie quarterback's hands. I'm going to give you guys some numbers just to show you just how much he's struggling. While he's been starting, the Packers are only averaging 13 points a game. They're only converting 31% of their third downs. He's been sacked 17 times already on 10% of his throws, getting sacked three and a half times per game. Yards per attempt is 5.9, and he's thrown seven picks. The stat that really jumps out to you is that the Packers have only been in the red zone five times in the five games that he's played. So this is a game in which if you can get pressure, particularly after you choke off that running game, you can really get after this guy because there are some guys that when they get pressure, they figure out ways to extricate themselves out of the pocket, move inside the pocket, and they don't get contacted and taken to the ground, and they don't get sacked. When he's pressured, he gets hit and he gets sacked. And the one thing the Steelers have done as a defense this entire season they get hits on the quarterback, and they get sacked. They're averaging three and a half, and they're averaging seven quarterback hits a game. I expect this to continue. Green Bay does not run the ball particularly well. The Steelers have played the run really well over the last several weeks. 
So I expect that trend to continue. I expect them to not lurk a safety near the line of scrimmage. I expect them to be able to handle Green Bay's running game with seven. And if they can do that, they can mix and match coverages and get after him and blitzing. A nice diet of the two to get hits on the quarterback. This is a game in which I think the defense should and can and will dominate. To the point we were talking about earlier, the Steelers have given up big plays in the passing game of 75, 61, 44, 57, and 31 over the last seven weeks. I don't think that trend will continue. I expect this defense to dominate. Of course, you have Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams, but he's not pushing it down the field, so I don't think they'll be a factor. This is a game where I expect a lot of three and outs. I expect turnovers, and I expect hits on the quarterback, and I expect the Steelers' defense to dominate. Yeah, when I when I watched uh, the Ravens game last week at Lambeau Field against the Packers, uh, the one thing Hunley reminded me of in terms of quarterback comparison was Deshaun Kaiser. He's athletic, he's big, but he held onto the football in an uh, felt like an eternity. It really didn't help out his teammates very much. They they just don't look like a cohesive unit offensively. This is a game the Steelers should dominate defensively. Um, I agree with all your keys. What's your over-under? Let me get the Vegas line is set at four for sacks. This is my Vegas line, by the way. You taking the over or under on sacks on Sunday night? I'm going to take the over. Okay. I'm going to take I, I the over. I mean, I mean, this feels like a six, a six, seven sack game, especially when you look at Jason Spriggs. He's not very good. They just gave up six sacks against the Ravens. But the one thing you will know that this team will do better offensively than they did against the Ravens and the first thing that they're trying to do is shore up the protections I mean that's what NFL teams do is they try to spring or plug the leaks that they had the previous week so I don't know if the Steelers are going to come out immediately and dominate first snap and really get after them it may be a case where they get one or two early in you know one or two in the first half as they get a lead and, and the Packers have to throw the football to get back into it, they get more. And then it becomes a case of they get more in the second half of the fourth quarter, and then the sack numbers gradually go up. Yeah, and you know, there's an article I'm going to run either Thursday, tomorrow, or Friday, uh, and it speaks about the Steelers blitzing. They are one of the lowest percentage blitzers in the National Football League. They're in the bottom five. We've talked about that, this before on the show, I believe. But another statistic showed that they are at the top of the list when it comes to getting pressure on the quarterback when they blitz. So the Steelers don't blitz a lot, but when they do, they are very successful. We're talking over 50% that they get pressure on the quarterback when they blitz. That is phenomenal. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Keith Butler try to throw something exotic. Mike Hilton is like a demon um, coming off the corner. So they're therefore, um, honestly, Mike Hilton, I think, is a great blitzer. They're doing a great job mixing up the blitz. I wouldn't be surprised if they blitz this young guy early and often. So I like your keys there, Lance. Now, um, with that to say, let's go over to the offensive side of the football. I looked at the just the numbers. I like to look at the very basic general numbers for the opposition, and sometimes it can be very telling. I looked at the sacks, okay? Is Green Bay getting after the quarterback? Well, they kind of. Uh, they're ranked 20th, not so much. 21 sacks so far on the season. In terms of points per game, 
The Green Bay defense is giving up 23 per game. That's 18th in the National Football League. When it comes to takeaways, they're right there with Pittsburgh at 10th with 16. So you might be saying, well, those are just very general statistics, and I realize that. But at the same time, it tells me this defense is very middle-of-the-road defense. They can sometimes get pressure on the quarterback, but if Clay Matthews isn't in the lineup, then it's going to be even more difficult. You have to throw in Marcus Gilbert's suspension into this and try to figure out what is going to be going on. How are they going to handle it? Now, if there is a silver lining to this cloud for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, it is that they've done this five times already. Chris Hubbard has started five games with the Pittsburgh Steelers as, as Gilbert dealt with his hamstring injury. So they're used to and comfortable with him being at right tackle. That does not mean that he is as good as Marcus Gilbert. So when, when Chris Hubbard's in there, what I expect the Steelers to do is to run the football, run the football, really dominate the front and then throw when you need to. Chris Hubbard is not a best, the best pass protector. And if you are asking him to pass protect, I really hope that you, the Steelers send some help, whether it's a chip from Le'Veon Bell, whether it's an extra tight end, or uh, you know they could even throw out an extra tackle, which would be B.J. Finney uh, as, a, as a tight end eligible player. The one thing I hope that, the, that an injury to keep an eye on is that the Pittsburgh Steelers with Vance McDonald, he is turning into their blocking tight end. Jesse James looked horrible blocking the past two games it has really it hasn't really improved he's just a mediocre blocker at best i think if i'm looking at the keys to victory for this game number one i already said it run the football you want to get lady on bella's touches i understand that the steelers want to come out and you know what you want to run the football i'd be okay with them running it out of the no huddle uh that's something i i preached about last week before the the titans game was run the no huddle Make sure you keep them off balance. I would do the same thing. And then lastly, if you don't turn the football over, I don't see the Packers having a chance of winning this football game. You go ahead and start turning it over, whether it's fumbles, interceptions, doesn't matter. You have to play a clean brand of football, but I want to see this be a running game. I still want to see them work James Conner in a little bit more than they have. I doubt they will. That's just Mike Tomlin's MO when it comes to the running backs. But I think as an offense, this is a game where they can run the football but at the same time, if I'm a realist, and I am when it comes to this offense, I would not be shocked if they come out slinging the ball around the yard like they did last week. It's just you kind of get the feeling that's what they want to do. They, they want to go out and they want to throw the ball. They don't want to be a running team. They want to throw it. Um, I know one thing. Ben Roethlisberger at home, prime time, typically means a very good game. I want to say he's only lost one game at home in prime time in the last four seasons maybe. And he's like seven and one at home in primetime. And his statistics are off the charts. Last week in primetime, he throws for four touchdowns, no interceptions, had a tremendous game. I expect another good game, a very balanced attack, but I want them to come out and run the football. Lance, if I'm the Steelers and they win the coin toss, I'm kicking the ball away and letting my defense go on the field first to get the ball after after halftime. Uh, that's, just this, that's just the type of game I think it's going to be. What do you think is going to be the approach offensively? I think you're right. I mean, the Steelers get in their way on offense. They don't do what makes sense most of the time. And, you know, it's like you said, they're itching to get back to passing the football. So because of the 40-17 to 17 score, that, that's going to be enough for them to be pass-heavy and pass-dominant. So I expect them to come out no huddle, do some of the, a lot of the same things that they did last week. And I think this offense – in terms of run-pass mix, is going to start to tilt back 
into the favor of Ben Roethlisberger until the weather flips. If the weather flips and it gets cold, they might lean on Le'Veon more, but I still really think they're going to go a lot of no huddle. I think that's where they want to go. All right, picks and predictions. Lance, go ahead. You want me to go first? You want to go first in terms of picking the winner of this game? Since you're brave enough to show that new beard and those flowers <laughs> on the wall, yeah. uh, you see you see the upgrade, the flowers on the wall. Jeff had to travel <laughs> for, 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 for the flowers to get on the wall. Uh, go ahead, uh, you know, go ahead and, and give me your prediction, Jeff. Okay, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers win this football game. I think they win it rather easily. I was on a Green Bay Packers podcast earlier this week. They asked for a score prediction. I, it was very similar to what I thought for the Titans. Um, I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers have 37, and the Green Bay Packers have 17 to finish the game. So 37-17, I think the Pittsburgh, it might be close early. You mentioned that when you are talking about defense, Lance. It could be close early, but I think they pull away late. What's your prediction? Oh, man. 40 last week, but, you know, still inconsistent in the red zone, inconsistent on third down. For them to get to 37 points, they're going to have to sack him, turn him over which is what happens when he plays because he's a very inconsistent player. I think they absolutely win the game, but I'm going to go more of a defensive dominant performance. So I'm going to go 28-13. Okay. All right. I I could see both of those scores happening. No one predicted the 40-point output that they had last week against the Titans, but a win on Sunday night would put them at 9-2 and after 11 games. And the last thing I want to talk about is something I, I we talked about this prior to going on the air. I posted this on our Twitter account at BT Steel Curtain. If you don't follow us, and it's just a simple statement. I had heard so much about the New England Patriots. I said that the Steeler fans have a an unhealthy obsession with the New England Patriots. And honestly, the the responses that I received from this tweet, you would have thought that I told every single person that read it that I can't stand their mother, sister, cousin, that I spit on their family. I I don't get it. People were attacking me saying that I'm not a fan because I don't have an obsession with the Patriots. I I don't know. Lance, is it really all about the Patriots or I'm trying to wrap my head around this, I guess, you know, is it new England Patriots or nothing? Or do we think that there is a possibility that Steelers could not, play the Patriots in the postseason. That is a possibility. Every time they've won the Super Bowl, they haven't had to play them in the Ben Roethlisberger era. So, Lance, go ahead and chime in on this if you'd like. You you bugging, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I like, I mean, you know, you're my host, um, my co-host. We do a fantastic show. Listeners, I hope you enjoy it. But Jeff is bugging. I mean, <laughs> Jeff just doesn't, I mean, Jeff is bugging. Jeff doesn't want to, to realize, you know, what is right in front of him. I said it Put it this way, Jeff. After that AFC championship loss last year to the Patriots, we didn't do a show for like five months. <laughs> like we were we were in like a five month Patriot fog. I mean, we just and if you ask the fan base, like it didn't even feel like they went to the AFC championship because that game was not highly competitive. It just felt like and excuse my French shit. We can never beat these dudes. I mean, that's what it felt like. Look, I mean, this all is all well and good. This don't mean shit if they can't beat the Patriots. Now, because we we know what we get with the Patriots. They don't beat themselves. And the Ravens aren't any good anymore. 
So who's going to help the Steelers to beat the Patriots? The Ravens can't do it anymore. So, like, it makes sense to have no faith in the Tomlin regime against the Patriots with Tom Brady and Belichick. Why? They get their ass whipped every time they play. So, I mean, it's all about the Patriots, man. Like, my brother emails me and texts me every week. Oh, you guys are 8-2, and but winter is coming. See you in December. And I I can't say anything. (laughs) What can I say? He's right. The ass whooping is approaching. Yeah. To your point, if if, if they beat the Patriots in week 15, whatever week it is, that doesn't mean they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It, It doesn't. But hell, if they get blasted in Heinz Field, <sighs> hide the women and children. There's going to be about fifty thousand jumping off the Clemente Bridge. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I mean, first thing, I, the, the Kansas City Chiefs typically play the Patriots very tough. They beat them in Week One, obviously. Um, that could be a team that could help the Pittsburgh Steelers out. If you're looking to find that team that could possibly do it, it could be Kansas City. I'm I'm really looking forward to this Week 15 game. Um, if the Steelers don't win, but it's really, really close, I would be okay with that because I, I think it would help people realize that the team is beatable. If they come out and get shellacked, like you said, my gosh, I don't want to be around the website, and I have to run the website. Um it is a week 15 game. I just think that the Steelers fans should take the approach of the players. Just take it one week at a time. You never know. New England could lose. It's possible. Um, they could also run the table. No, they ain't. I mean, <laughs> you never know. You never know. No, they ain't. Yeah, come on. Yeah. This, yeah, league, this league is upside down. It's upside down. And, yeah, you have the Steelers and the Patriots and the Chiefs at the top. I forgot the Jaguars. Anything can happen. I mean – we talk about injuries. There's a lot of time between the Steelers and the Patriots regular season matchup, let alone the fact that they could see themselves in the playoffs. I guess I'm just trying to say to Steeler fans, just calm down. You know, the, the Steelers are eight and two and they have the tiebreaker over the Patriots. Don't worry about the Patriots. So the Patriots get to Heinz field in week 15. I mean, we will cover that game inside and out, not on the, on the show on behind the steel curtain.com. I guess I'm just trying to tell fans, look, Focus on the Packers, then focus on the uh, Bengals, then the Ravens, and then we'll get to the Patriots. That's all I'm saying. I mean, everyone is, no matter what the Steelers do, okay, you put up 40 on the t- the Titans, and that's not a horrible team, and everyone says, oh, but they won't be able to do it against New England. Who the hell asked you if, you, if they think they were going to be able to do it against New England? No one. Why do you always have to insert New England into this equation? Let New England be New England. Let Pittsburgh be Pittsburgh, and when they meet up, then we'll talk about it. That's all I'm trying to say. I guess that's kind of like my WTF. I, I, I get what you're saying, Jeff, but the reason why New England is always in the conversation, because hell, they put themselves always in the conversation. <laughs> they whoop ass and take names every freaking week because their quarterback is a robot cyborg that's the best player in the NFL still at 40. Yeah. It, I mean, that's why, because you can never shake them. They're like a cockroach running around with armor on. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, beatable. Tough. 
They're beatable. <laughs> They're beatable. This defense is beatable. I'm telling you, I'm not going to go into my Yinzer mode and talk about how I've been following the Patriots, but you can't not follow them if you watch ESPN and NFL Network. They are a beatable team, man. They are very beatable this year. Just saying. You're right. They are beatable. But you know what's going to happen between the time that the Steelers play, the Patriots, is there's going to be some drama oh, yeah. in the next four weeks. You know it. I mean, you know there's going to be some drama. Something, something's going to happen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and that's the other thing that gives Steelers fans trepidation when it comes to the Patriots, man. The Patriots just every week. No news. Sunday, ass whooping. <laughs> Sunday through Saturday, no news. Sunday, ass whooping. Week to week to week to week to week. It's like if you're a student that doesn't study all year, you know the final is coming. And you know it's coming. I mean, you can be optimistic the weeks before. Oh, well, it's going to be okay. You know the final is coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's coming, and it's coming week 15. But to your point, the Steelers got to handle their business in those divisional games. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, if they don't handle their division, their business in those divisional games, that game won't mean as much. Hopefully for them, Tomlin keeps them focused. And this is a matchup of two, what would it be at that point? 12 and two teams at that point? Ooh. Well, let's see. They're eight and two now. They'd be three games away. So 11 and two. 11 and two teams. So hopefully it becomes that 11 and two matchup. I know the Patriots will be 11 and two when they come to yeah. Highsville. That I do know. Just like Thanksgiving is coming up tomorrow and I'm going to eat a lot of pie. Oh, they're going to be 11 and two. You're right. You're right. And, you know, speaking of that, we hope that all our listeners, whether you're watching on YouTube, you can find us on YouTube at BTSC Steelers Radio. Uh, you can listen on iTunes by searching The Standard is the Standard. You can follow us on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, we're there. Uh, we hope everyone has a really, really great Thanksgiving. We hope that you're safe. We hope that you enjoy the day, enjoy the football. Finally, it seems like last year, you know, the Steelers have been in Thanksgiving night games uh, two of the last four seasons. They're not this year. I'm thankful for that. Uh, Lance, do you have anything to be thankful for before we send it off? You know, it's the same things that you echoed. Um, I'm, I'm extremely thankful, you know, for my health, for my family, and, and just having a roof over my head and being able to share a meal with those I love. So, uh, you know, think about those that can't do those simple things. And if you have an opportunity to help someone, uh, go ahead and do that because that's what this season is about. Absolutely. So make sure you uh, stick with us behind the steel curtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We will see you next Wednesday, hopefully talking about a nine and two Steelers team. Bye. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The drink run champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the drink run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's one two three dollars menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. 
like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.